Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from Monster Worldwide. Monster has two products that are helping to shape the future of social recruiting. Talent Bin by Monster, which enables companies to source the best tech talent from the open web, and Monster Social Job Ads, which extends job advertising reach to target both passive and active candidates on social platforms, including on Twitter. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi, and welcome to episode 16 of the Recruiting Future podcast. There is so much social media and conference noise in our industry around new tools and approaches, it would be easy to think that we are living in a golden age of recruitment innovation. However, whenever I dig down past the hype, I wonder whether there is anything truly driving the industry forward, or whether it's just a lot of people launching slightly different versions of tools we've had for 10 years. My guest this week is executive editor of Recruiting Daily, Matt Charney, and he's certainly someone who has an opinion on this subject. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Recruiting Future podcast interview. My guest this week is Matt Charney. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm good, Matt. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, actually. Pretty good indeed. Could you just introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Matt Charney, and I am the executive editor for Recruiting Daily, uh, which is a company that owns uh, a bunch of content-based uh, destinations that all focus on recruiting, uh, the two most prominent which are RecruitingDaily.com and RecruitingBlogs.com. You should check them out, and, and there's my spiel. So thank you for that. Definitely, definitely. Um, I will make sure we put links in the uh, show notes as well so people can click through and have a look. Um I think it'd be quite interesting to start with just a little bit about you and how you got to do what you do, because I know you've had kind of a sort of varied career. I think when I first met you, you were, um, I think you were sort of doing content and blogging for Monster. So can you just give us a bit of background on, on you and how you get got to be where you are today? Yeah, I think my career story is kind of like a Cambu novel, honestly. There, there's no real trajectory or plot, but here I am. Um, so more or less what had happened is I just kind of started off as a recruiter and I realized before employer branding or social recruiting became things that, that the internet could be used to cast a wide net 
to attract more candidates than making cold calls, which I, having started my career in recruiting, didn't want to make because I was hung over most days, right? It was much easier to, to, to use Google and Facebook. Um, so I ultimately kind of set up the first initiatives around that at Disney and, and Warner Brothers, uh, in addition to doing full cycle recruiting for uh, a bunch of very boring positions like uh, controllership and treasury. Um, and from there, I had just kind of started blogging. And one of my posts, uh, which was on how recruiters read resumes, I got published on ERE. And the next thing I knew, I was up uh, interviewing at Monster, which I thought, you know, uh, was ironic. And I did so I could get some, uh, some, some funny content. And I ended up uh, kind of starting their uh, B2B social media and content marketing function. Cool. And uh, from there, I just kind of worked for a few vendors in their marketing roles. And uh, lucky enough, uh, I was able to come on to my current role, which is covering, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, a journalistic sense, uh, the recruiting industry and uh, vendors and helping uh, a bunch of them with their marketing initiatives uh, rather than work in-house. So uh, really, it's just kind of been uh, a weird but but fun journey. Uh, and it all kind of came from... Uh, writing the right blog posts and finding the right audience. So. Great stuff. Um, and I think that's why I really kind of wanted to have this chat with you, really, because you're, you're certainly a man with an opinion. I think that's, uh, that's, that, that's, that's kind of fair enough, to, fair, fair enough to say, isn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, whether that's right or not, <laughs> um, that, that, that's up for debate. <laughs> um, and uh, really, um, uh, what what this particular sort of podcast is, is is about in this episode is innovation. So, um, from what you're kind of seeing in the market, because I know you see lots of things, you you know you 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 talk to in-house people, you 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 work with vendors, um, all kinds of all kinds of stuff. Do you think the recruiting market market is innovative at the moment? Uh, I think it's innovative at selling. Things I don't think it's it's products or uh, its approach to solving problems are necessarily innovative. Is there? I, I think it's really good at selling those, those yeah, products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And is there anything that you've seen that is innovative from um, all the sort of products and services and approaches and uh, you know thought leaders and and, and all, all all the things that are out there? I mean, I think that there are a handful of products out there. Uh, a lot of them don't get a lot of press or are still kind of nascent in terms of their overall roadmap that, that stand out. And I think unilaterally what those have in common is that <clears throat> they're not only new, but you can understand them within like 30 seconds. Like you don't need some complicated pictures like, oh, okay, I understand what you do and I totally get like – what hole in the market that fills. Um, an example of that would be um, a company out of Seattle called Textio uh, that, that just uh, raised some funds. And essentially all you do is you cut and paste a, a job description in there and it parses that a bit against, you know, a, a database of, of millions of job descriptions to, to monitor how strong it is for SEO and, and suggest ways you can improve it to, you know, uh, improve yield in terms of that, uh, that, that job posting. So, that and there's a, a British company where all you have to do is always cut and paste a resume in there, and it'll tell you your market range for compensation uh, based entirely on the language. Like I think those are really innovative uh, point solutions, uh, but I think that their growth is largely being stymied by 
um, enterprise and larger vendors who are trying to uh, build competitive solutions in-house and uh, consistently tell their clients, you know, uh, that's coming, uh, that, that, that a product that will do the same thing as on the roadmap and whether or not they deliver on that, uh, uh, that's a mixed bag. I, I think that tends to be a kind of a stock response from a lot of the, the, the established vendors to kind of stave off that, stave off that competition. Um, I, think, I think it's interesting as well because they're, they're both uh, companies that I'd not heard of, but I, you know, I completely get it and I think it's a, a really, really great idea. I mean, I tend to find that a lot of the products that come onto the market these days are either a different version of a job board or a different version of a kind of recruitment consultant. I mean, what, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that, but I also think that a lot of the next generation of job boards, for example, have taken that business model and really done what I would say is an innovative job of reinventing the category. Like Indeed and Glassdoor are built on the same business model as, as a monster or a career builder, but at the same time, you know, we're able to really um, recreate uh, the way that that whole uh, value prop works for both employers and job seekers. So I, I do think there is some innovation going on even within uh, more established space. But at the same time, I, I think that um, what we're really seeing is the same, uh, I guess, vendors um, popping up with, uh, with, with solutions that may or may not work. And any quote-unquote innovation it is more or less a feature set that nobody actually needs. Like video interviewing. Like nobody actually needs that. Is it innovative in the sense that nobody's really implemented that and made a strong business case for, for it? Yeah, I think that, you know, you could you could look at it as innovative. All these quote unquote candidate experience platforms, they likely solve what's a pretty bad problem. But do you need a point solution to overcome lazy recruiting? I'm not one hundred percent convinced. That's interesting. It's an interesting perspective. I mean, do you think that, I suppose ultimately this comes down to the demand, the demand in the market. And do you think that uh, recruiters, sort of particularly in-house recruiters, are actually looking for something new? Are they looking for innovation? Are they looking to, to do things differently? Or is it just being about being more efficient at what they're actually doing um, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis already? So basically, I think that's a kind of, two trends coming together um, in a perfect storm. Uh, one of those is that recruiters uh, and talent acquisition organizations suddenly have budgets to burn. It's like they've been, everyone's been so resource starved for so long and all of a sudden uh, the floodgates have opened uh, and they're out there, you know, looking to make it rain. Um, a couple, and then I think that the other thing that's really driving the market is, is recruiters have this really weird fear of missing out. So I think that they tend to allocate those, those newly found funds into places that make them feel like they're on the cutting edge or doing something new, even if it's something that doesn't actually improve uh, real recruiting results. You know, uh, they, they prefer sexy style uh, in terms of uh, over systems of substance, I would say. Okay. Now, as a uh, as as broadly speaking a, a content professional you know you're you're forever uh you know writing articles and and producing other content and uh you know you've already sort of mentioned uh, con content marketing as we've been as we've been talking do you think that 
that is important or will be important from a recruitment marketing perspective in terms of actually um, communicating with candidates, um, you know, in allowing people to uh, kind of express their employer brand, um, find, uh, find and persuade the top talent for their organizations. Um, is it an important thing? Yeah, I mean, so I think it has already become central if you look at how re- the recruiting process has always functioned. Like your basic unit of currency is a job description. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Content. So because we've more or less democratized distribution through aggregators like Indeed as well as, you know, everyone starts their search in Google, it becomes less about where you're putting those job descriptions and more about what you say in them and and how you optimize them to be found. So I think that that strategy alone and trying to drive applicants through the, you know, millions and millions of dollars companies uh, dedicate to recruitment marketing every year, you know, uh, it it really just comes down to, uh, you know, building and optimizing the best content possible to reach the right target. So, Okay. And do you think that's likely to go uh, beyond job postings in the coming sort of months and years? I I mean, it sort of has already in terms of, uh, you know, employer branding or or employee reviews on sites like Glassdoor and increasingly like Indeed, um, as well as, you know, companies trying to build this, this presence across platforms. Uh, around their their employer brand, so I, I do think that you know there there's definitely starting to be uh, a shift there. Yeah. Um, now, whether or not that's that's actually a thing, I don't know because at the end of the day, as long as we have search engines and as long as we have applicant tracking systems, then it really is not going to be a substantive change from uh, the current model. Okay. So I, I, I don't see that changing anytime soon, to be honest with you. Anyone who says the resume is dead does not understand how enterprise systems work in recruiting. Okay, which I suppose leads me fantastically onto my next question, which is something that um, I pretty much ask everyone who comes on the podcast uh, uh, now, which is, can you replace a recruiter with an algorithm? No. Well, I guess actually that's a subjective answer. It depends on the recruiter and it depends on the algorithm. (laughs) Um, To be honest with you, because there are some recruiters who are, I would say, they do nothing at at best and uh, hurt all of us in terms of professional reputation at worst, um, who should be replaced by algorithms uh, because the algorithms would actually do something. Um, (laughs) But... That said, ultimately what we've seen is that there's, I mean, high tech has really driven a lot of the strategy and and approaches in recruiting today, but it's high tech, it's high touch that I think really turns that into an actual relationship that's going to lead to uh, an offer, right? And at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do is you're trying to fill positions, yeah. So um, I think that's really uh, become the competitive differentiator is how well you can take those uh, online relationships and, and, and strengthen them offline or through interpersonal communications. And I don't think an algorithm will be able to do that anytime soon, uh, no matter how advanced semantic uh, technologies get. Okay. So what's next? 
Um, what do you think is next for recruitment? Where is this innovation or, or lack of innovation um, leading us to? What, uh, you know, what are we going to be sort of talking about in, in two or three years' time, do you think? Um, so what I think is kind of interesting is that you can always kind of tell where recruitment's going by looking at where marketing was. Yeah. It's about a five-year uh, lag time, I would say, if you're looking at the quote-unquote leading edge. So if, if I look at what's next, um, I honestly think that the biggest changes that are going to happen are going to be that I think employers are going to start increasingly tasking employees with, with driving referrals and actively recruiting as part of a job, their job responsibilities. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, rather than just rely on you know a, a recruiter, I think you're also really going to see a shift since you know companies are ultimately going to wake up to the fact that what, what they all those resumes they spent years ignoring are in fact uh, a huge database of at one point in time warm job seekers. We're going to see an emphasis, I think, from owning external search to having the search capabilities to make those profiles uh, meaningful. Uh, and we're going to start really sourcing the systems we have instead of looking to funnel more leads into them. So those are, I think, the largest changes I anticipate in recruiting. And then obviously, um, if I'm really looking out, I'm excited to see what happens when Oculus uh, Rift gets uh, released and goes mainstream, which will happen in the next couple of years. Uh, virtual reality uh, recruiting. I, what, do you, I, what do you think that would look like? You know, I don't, I, there's so many possibilities, right? Yeah. From situational job training to being able to see what it's like to really work in an office. So like, you know, employer branding initiatives to even being able to do test and or real interviews. Um, you know, so I, I think that the, what you could do with that system is all about who's building what using the API because it'll be open. Yeah. So I think the vendors have a really interesting chance to to help drive that technology. And there are so many applications for for recruiting in HR. Um, all I can say is that I, I as soon as I put on put it on for the first time, I realized that it was everything that Google Glass was supposed to be. Right. Fantastic. Um. I think I'm looking forward to that, the virtual reality uh, recruitment future. Matt, thank you very much for talking to me. Yeah, no, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. My thanks to Matt Charney. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. You can listen to past episodes and read show notes at www.rfpodcast.com and also subscribe to the mailing list there to get exclusive content and find out about future guests. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Sela Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. 
And what better way to dive into these mechanics than hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.